Hi, and welcome to 20-Minute Christian Counselor. My name is Rob Oram. I served as a pastor for almost 25 years, and now I have my own counseling practice. If you'd like to learn more about me, or schedule a counseling appointment, or book a speaking engagement, visit my website at roboram.com. That's R-O-B-B, two B's, O-R-A-M.com. In this podcast, I provide biblical counsel for the practical matters of life. So if you're facing some challenges right now, either personally or in a relationship, and you're looking for some helpful wisdom, keep listening for the next 20 minutes or so. You'll be glad you did. Well, welcome back. Today, I'm going to tackle a gigantic subject, and that is the topic of feelings or emotions. And there is so much to be said about this. I'm going to try to focus on what I think are some really bottom line biblical essentials and perspectives. All right. So first of all, just stepping way back big picture, I want us all to remember that God created everything. You can read about this in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. And originally, God's original creation was good. In fact, God himself said it was very good. And that would include our feelings. Now, I'm mentioning this at the start because some of us might tend to think our feelings are bad. God created them and they were good. Now, having said that, we understand that sin entered the world. And when sin entered the world, it damaged everything, including our feelings or our hearts. So, Now, because of sin, because we're all sin-damaged people, some of our feelings are bad or wrong or inappropriate or sinful. Let me give you a short list. This wouldn't be exhaustive. Lust, envy, jealousy, unforgiveness, bitterness, unresolved anger, inappropriate pride, Greed, hatred of people, those are some that I came up with that are sins that flow from a sin-damaged heart. Feelings that flow from a sin-damaged person. So, this means that just because we feel something doesn't mean we should automatically go with it. Because we've been damaged by sin, our hearts have been damaged by sin, our emotions can sometimes be the result of sin, we can't automatically just trust or go with our feelings or our hearts. Listen to what uh, the prophet Jeremiah wrote about this long, long time ago. This is Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 9 to 10. He wrote, remember, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write this. He wrote, The heart is deceitful above all things 
and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. So we've got to understand we can't fully understand our own hearts and feelings, much less completely trust what we feel all the time. And the rub is that we live in a culture today that completely encourages us to follow our feelings, no matter what they are. If you feel it, it's good, it's true, it's you, you shouldn't deny it, you need to go with it, that's who you are. That's the message we're getting from our culture today about our feelings. And we can be tempted to, be, to follow feelings that are bad, wrong, inappropriate, sinful. Now, having said that, again, I want to reiterate, although some feelings are sinful, not all feelings are bad. And how can I say that with such confidence? Because Jesus, the Son of God, had all kinds of feelings. And we understand that he was all God and completely human as well, but he did not have any sin in him. So if Jesus felt feelings, and we know he wasn't sinful, that means our feelings are not sinful either. Let me give you a few examples of just some of the feelings Jesus felt. Jesus felt sadness. Read the story of Lazarus when Lazarus dies. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus felt a lot of things the night before he was crucified and he was praying in the garden. You can read the account. It says he actually sweat drops of blood. And I see in that that he felt fear, he felt anxiety, he felt trepidation. He felt a lot of things, even though he knew what was going to happen. In his humanity, he still wrestled with all of these feelings, and these feelings were not sinful. I believe Jesus felt anger when he cleared out that temple, when his father's house was so corrupted and polluted with all the selling and all that was going on, and he cleared it out with a whip. I believe Jesus felt anger. You can read about Jesus feeling frustrated particularly with the religious leaders as he tried to over and over tell them the truth and reveal who he was, but they would not hear it. And he was frustrated with them and also disappointed. You can read about Jesus feeling disappointment with people when they lacked faith. Even his disciples sometimes, it seems he was disappointed. And there's a lot of other things he felt, exhaustion, and then some positive things. He felt joy, he was excited, he felt encouraged, he had hope. Jesus, our Savior, felt all kinds of feelings. And that's why the writer of Hebrews could write this. This is so encouraging. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. In other words, Jesus understands our feelings. He felt them. And, and I've seen as human beings, and especially as Christians, we can tend to condemn ourselves for feelings that we feel or we believe are wrong or bad or inappropriate. 
But a lot of times, those are feelings that Jesus himself experienced. And if God doesn't condemn us for having these feelings, we shouldn't condemn ourselves for experiencing them. And again, I just want to reiterate, I'm not talking about all feelings. Certain feelings, because of sin, are wrong and sinful and inappropriate. But I'm talking about all the other ones that Jesus felt as well. But here's the catch, okay? Here's where we're going to go against the cultural message of the day. I don't have to let my feelings determine who I am, i.e. my identity, or dictate how I live, i.e. my life choices. Let me say that again. I don't have to let my feelings determine who I am or dictate how I live. That is very countercultural, but it is absolutely biblical. So, here's the question. How can God help me manage my feelings and sort through my feelings in a biblical, obedient, Christ-like way? That's the question. And I've seen we can naturally go to two extremes. One extreme is we just go with whatever we feel. This is what the culture is telling us. Hey, if you feel it, go with it, man. The other end of the spectrum, this pendulum swings way to the other side with some of us, and we can actually try to just deny or pretend or ignore or hide our feelings, kind of thinking that they're all bad, they're all wrong, they're all inappropriate, they're all sinful. Those are two extremes, and neither of these approaches is healthy, is helpful, or is biblical. The healthy, helpful, biblical approach to managing feelings is somewhere in between these two extremes. And here's the key to all of it. The key is that in addition to feelings, God has given us a will, an ability to make choices despite how we feel and despite what the culture around us says. God has given us a will. Following Jesus, being a Christian, is about our wills and not our feelings. It's using our wills that we decide what we believe and what we think, and what we choose to do. And listen, sometimes our feelings will follow our choices, our decisions, and sometimes they won't. Sometimes we have to go against our feelings. But we don't let our feelings control us. We control, with God's help, we control our feelings. As followers of Jesus, we live by faith, choosing with our wills to obey God, relying upon his spirit and his power to enable us. We can't do this on our own. And sometimes that involves, listen, denying ourselves. That's biblical. Saying no sometimes to our feelings if need be. 
taking up our crosses, in other words, being willing to suffer, and sometimes that might include denying our feelings and following Jesus. This is the healthy biblical perspective on our feelings. So I want to give you now two practical steps to manage your feelings in a godly, biblical way. And these are broad brushstrokes, and then I'll talk about them in detail. Step number one, and this is important, and this might be more difficult than it seems. Step number one is you have to acknowledge your feelings. You have to acknowledge them to yourself. You need to acknowledge them to God. And a lot of times it's really helpful to acknowledge your feelings to someone else you trust. As one of my clients recently said, I thought this was so simple but so profound, feelings are meant to be felt. And as I mentioned earlier, there can be a temptation to repress, to deny, to hide, to ignore, to escape. None of those are healthy, helpful, biblical ways to manage your feelings. Step one is you've got to acknowledge them, good, bad, and ugly. Remember, God knows them anyway, right? But you've got to acknowledge them. A lot of times, it's the hard part is acknowledging them to yourself. But then you don't stop there. The second thing is you bring your feelings to God and you ask him to help you with them. And that help can look a lot of different ways. Sometimes if you recognize you're experiencing an inappropriate or a sinful feeling, you need to confess that to God and to ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you. And he will. There's a promise. 1 John 1, 9. Sometimes you need to do that with your feelings. Sometimes you need to ask God for wisdom about what you're feeling. Lord, is this from you? Is this good? Or is this of my flesh? Is this of me? Or is this being influenced by the world. Sometimes you need to ask God to give you wisdom about your feelings. Sometimes you need to ask God through his spirit to give you self-control, to limit your feelings, to channel your feelings in an appropriate way. Many times I think we can come to God and say, Lord, why am I feeling this way? We can ask him for understanding what's going on with me that I'm thinking this or feeling this. He knows And he can help us to understand. And understanding them can help us process them in a healthy way. Sometimes we need to ask God for healing. We've been hurt. We've been traumatized. And we're carrying around emotional wounds that need healing. And God can heal them. Sometimes we need to ask God for strength, just to persevere, to endure despite feelings or through our feelings. Sometimes we need to ask God for peace in the midst of a lot of conflicting or painful feelings. Sometimes we need to ask God for acceptance, that we would accept how we feel, even if it hurts. Sometimes we need to come to him and ask him for hope, despite how things look and how we feel. And all the time, we can come to God and ask him to change us. Remember, God can change our hearts. He's in the business, so to speak, 
of changing our hearts. This is why King David, who was called a man after God's own heart, listen to what he wrote in Psalm 51 and verse 10. David prayed and he wrote, Create in me a clean heart, O God. And remember, David had done some bad things. There was some bad stuff in his heart. But he understood that God could change it. And he can change our hearts too. He can change our feelings. So, I don't condemn myself for my feelings. I might have to confess some of them and repent of them, but I'm not going to condemn myself for feeling my feelings. But I also don't let my feelings define who I am or determine how I live. By the grace of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, and following the example of our Savior Jesus, I choose to obey. I choose to obey God despite how I feel. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. And oftentimes, as we use our wills to obey and follow Jesus, our hearts, i.e. our feelings, will change and become more aligned with his. Thanks for listening today. If you found this to be helpful to you, I want to ask you to do three things that would really be helpful to me. First, click on the subscribe or follow button so you can find out right away when I publish new episodes. Second, take a moment and write a review. This will help other people find this podcast. And third, share this podcast on your social media so your friends can be helped as well. Finally, if you'd like to contact me to learn more about my counseling practice, schedule an appointment, or arrange for me to come speak at an event, reach out to me at my website at roboram.com. That's R-O-B-B, two B's, O-R-A-M.com. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. <laughs>